So I thought it's just I haven't seen you for so long. Um, I would share just a few testimonies of what God's been doing in my life, first of all. And then I've got a, a short word to bring, which I hope will really encourage and fire you up. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Well, 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard the things that God has prepared for you. And if anyone had told me the journey that I was about to go on before COVID, I'd have, I'd have laughed at them. In fact, I'd have probably said, I think you should go on a How to Hear God course. <laughs> because the past two years have turned out to be some of the weirdest ones of my entire life. And I'm not joking there. You see, up till recently, uh, apart from being a wife and mum, my other callings have been to, to lead Light in Life, that we do supernatural evangelism, to lead River Church, which is a small but growing family of believers in Paisley. And, and neither of these roles are salaried, so whenever money would get tight, I would take on some lecturing jobs at uni, save the money I earned, and then do more mission stuff. And that was my life pattern for years. Do mission, earn money, do more mission. But when COVID struck, everything changed. Because the universities put their teaching online, which meant that there wasn't the same need for lecturers, because one online teaching slot can be played across different class environments all at the same time, and it can be replayed. So there was, this wasn't the, the same needs. Um, so the lecturing doors I've been doing for years closed. But the thing is, when God closes a door, it's because he's got another path that he wants you to go down. And I sense that's actually for someone here today. If God has closed the door for you, it's not because you've failed. It's not because you're not good enough. It's not because you've messed up. It's because he's got another better path on for you. And anyway, as I was praying about what to do with this door, a job advert caught my eye and I felt prompted to apply for it. And this job was boom, 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 doing mission. I thought, no problem. You know, I was doing mission for a couple of churches in the Church of Scotland and it was, place, it was in a place called the... Blah, 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 blah. And as I looked at this advert, I thought, oh, yeah, no problem. I live, I breathe, I eat mission. I can do this with my eyes closed. Not a problem. Let me at them. So I applied and I got the job. Sounds great, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I discovered really quickly that things were not the way they seemed at all. These wee villages were full of poverty, deprivation, religion, and they were absolutely infested with masons, even in the churches. And it became really clear, really quickly, that my original idea of turning up, <laughs> working alongside their minister, teaching them how to do mission, just wasn't going to work. No chance. There was no minister. Few people in the church had heard the gospel or knew Jesus. And a large proportion of the congregations were masons themselves. And if that wasn't encouraging enough, <laughs> one congregation consisted of about 10 elderly people in total. That was the larger of the two, because the other had six. So it wasn't the most promising start. It wasn't the best foundation for launching a new supernatural adventure of evangelism and reaching the communities. And I have to admit, there were times when I thought, God, I have made a mistake. I hold my hands up, I got it wrong. I don't think this is the right place for me after all. 
What could, could possibly come out of Doom Whoops. Valley? And to be fair, this wee woman for govern, standing there in jeans and a t-shirt, I'm dressed up for you today, but standing there in jeans and a t-shirt, babbling on about the god of miracles, was a bit of a culture shock for them too. Many of them had no idea what planet I had been down from, or how to respond to me either. What is this? So the feeling was pretty mutual. God, you have got to be joking. Put your slab in Psalm 23. Yea, as I walk through the valley of doom, but God, can we go through it a bit quicker? You ever felt like that? You ever just thought, God, I don't know if I like this valley very much? You ever been there? Can we just speed it up a bit, God? Can we get to the other end? Well, anyway, Holy Spirit didn't agree with my evaluation. <laughs> it's really annoying when he does that, isn't it? God, it's not fair. God, I don't like it. God, could you just change it? No. And the thing is, like many of you, I long to see more miracles released through my life. And yet sometimes the way that God answers that prayer is to put impossible right in front of you. <laughs> Let me say that again. If you want to see more miracles released in your life, you better be prepared for God to take the word impossible and stick it right in front of you because that is how you learn to see miracles released in your life. And sometimes impossible doesn't look very nice. <laughs> but God's school of the supernatural sometimes looks a bit different from the one I might have planned or the one you might have planned. Anyway, God made it clear that he wanted me to stay there at least for a season. And within a few weeks, because he didn't have a minister, he asked if I'd be the stand-in minister. I mean, you can write this stuff, can't you? But I pretended to be the stand-in minister of a church of Scotland. Are you joking? But two churches in Scotland. Anyway, for the first few months, all I did was preach the gospel. There was nothing else I could do. All I did was tell them the basic tenets of faith. God loves you. Jesus sacrificed his life for you, not just so you could go to heaven when you die, but so that you can actually walk with God while you live. Simple gospel truths. And they didn't have any musicians or any worship bands or any of that stuff, so I took along some worship videos again from another planet. It was Bethel, it was, oh my goodness. And to be honest, <laughs> to begin with, things were pretty tough. They really were. And some Sundays I'd be standing up the front sharing and people would sit with their arms folded, shaking their heads. <laughs> Thank you so much for not doing that, at least not yet. <laughs> and I can remember one Sunday after preaching my wee heart out and at the end of the service this lady comes up, could I have a wee one? I think, oh, brilliant. She's just been touched. She really wants to know more about Jesus. And she said to me, do you think we could have some proper hymns and Less of that stuff that you've been bringing. What place does drums and bouncy music have in the house of God? And then off she went. And it turned out she wasn't alone in thinking that way. Because the next week I had a really special surprise lined up for me. Lo and behold, they had gone out and they had found an organist. <laughs> And not just any organist, 
the former Grand Master Mason of the local Masonic Hall, organist. And when he introduced me, I just stood there thinking, oh, sweet, sweet Jesus. <laughs> Are you being serious, God? Do you want your river to flow here or not? Was it not challenging enough? My voice is getting higher, but my hair's growing back. I'm joking, my hair didn't fall out. Never mind. Anyway, as you see, God's ways are often not our ways. But Romans 8 tells us that what the enemy means for harm, God's going to turn around for good. Praise God, eh? So the organist and I had a wee chat. And we reached an agreement. He would bring a couple of hymns each week. And I'd keep bringing some more modern worship songs. More modern worship songs like Shine Jesus Shine. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's modern. I just kept sharing the gospel every Sunday. And after a few months, something wonderful began to happen. Because despite how things looked in the outside, Holy Spirit had been working in the inside of these precious, precious people. He'd been drawing them. He'd been illuminating scripture to them and letting them see that he really was real and that they really could walk with him. And one by one, they started getting saved. Including the organist. <laughs> and one Sunday he says to me, Do you know what my favourite song is now? No. It's that new one, As the Deer Pants for the Water. <laughs> I just love singing it because I want more of God. Wow. Just so encouraging. So good. And then another man who was 84 years old said to me, with tears in his eyes, this is the first time that anyone has ever explained the Bible to me. Wow. I was really crying myself. <laughs> but before long, they started bringing their friends and their neighbours and their families. And the congregation that was 10 became 40. Wow. And the one who was 6 became 22. Wow. And then because we had a little core of believers in each church, we started doing outreach into the community and offering ministry sessions at the end of the service. So why am I telling you all this? <laughs> because scripture says that God can make streams flow even in the desert places. Nothing is too difficult for him. No one is unreachable. And God can turn whatever the enemy means for harm to good. And so today, if you found yourself in a difficult place or going through a hard time, then please be encouraged because God wants to remind you that he can make streams flow in your desert places. That nothing that you're facing is too hard for him. And he can turn whatever the enemy means for harm in your life to good. Ezekiel 37 says, wherever the river of God flows, there is healing and life. And what happened in the valley shows us that if we're ever in a situation where there is no flow already, we can create our own flow. Because, as Andy's already said, I think you might have heard God earlier today. <laughs> as Andy's already said, out of our bellies flow rivers of living 
water. Amen. And today, God wants to remind some of you that the kingdom of God is already in you. But sometimes you need to remember that it's in you. And you need to remember to release it. Amen? So this last season has been really difficult for many people and many churches and mission organisations because as well as experiencing physical lockdowns, what the enemies try to do on the back of that is to bring spiritual lockdowns as well. And I've lost count of the number of people who have told me that there have been days where they'd have happily stayed in bed, hiding under the duvet, rather than face the day in front of them. And there were days when I felt like that too. And as well as being difficult and challenging and the downright weird days, Holy Spirit showed me that the days that we've just walked through and the season that we're currently in are also very strategic days. And as I was dialoguing with Holy Spirit about all of this, he reminded me of some church history. And he reminded me that for centuries the church was stuck in a, a rut of religion. We're turning up and trying to do the right things, ticking the right boxes, trying to earn God's favour was the done thing. He reminded me that there never used to be much body ministry. That praying for the sick if it happened at all, or bringing a prophetic word of encouragement was done by special people. People who often were put on pedestals. So for almost 2,000 years, the church crept slowly along, now and again getting a fresh piece of revelation that would alter its direction. And then suddenly, within three decades, the decades prior to COVID, Holy Spirit released more revelation to the body of Christ than he did in the previous 2,000. Because in that short time frame, now some churches were doing some stuff, I'm talking about releasing it to the body on the whole. In that short time frame, God restored the gift of prophecy by showing us that all may prophesy and not just the person up front. And suddenly people everywhere were dialoguing with the Holy Spirit themselves, expecting God to speak back to them. And many of us, many of you will have received prophecies and visions and insight of God's plans for your life. God also restored the gift of healing through the revelation that at the cross, Yes, Jesus paid the price for our sin, but he also paid the price for our healing. It's been paid for in full. And people started praying for each other, releasing healing all over the place. In the church, in the supermarket, on the streets, at work, people's houses, even in doctors' surgeries. And within a few years, even in my small circle, we'd seen and witnessed more healings than are recorded in the Book of Acts. And this wasn't just happening in Scotland. It's happening globally, all over the world. Then God released fresh revelation on the gift of tongues and in taking communion, showing us how important it is to use the gift of tongues to strengthen, to build up our spirit, and how taking communion regularly not only reminds us of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, but can help us experience more healing and greater health in our own lives. In that time frame, he also released new models of evangelism, but instead of trying to twist people's arms up their back and pile condemnation on them so they end up praying some sort of fear-based prayer so they don't go to hell, Holy Spirit showed us a better way by reminding us that it's God's goodness that leads to repentance. By showing us how to demonstrate his goodness through healing and words of knowledge and prophecy. And what happened? 
Thousands of people, thousands for thousands came to faith. And if that wasn't enough, that's quite a lot in two decades, <laughs> but it, there's more. Because if that wasn't enough, God also released fresh revelation on his Father's heart. And he showed us that the relationship that he wants with us, with me and you, is based on love and grace. He loves us. He's our heavenly dad. He has good plans for our life. He's not a harsh or angry or distant. He's not disappointed in us, but he delights over us. And when people get hold of that revelation, so many people are set free from shame, guilt, performance-based thinking. We don't need to be busy doing this and that and the next thing to earn his favour. He already accepts us and loves us to bits. When God looks at you, he doesn't think to himself, oh, there's my scrappy wee mess up. <laughs> he thinks, there's my girl. There's my boy. Oh, aren't they wonderful? And he absolutely delights in us. Yeah, and finally, in fact, there's more, but I'm going to stop with this one. God also released fresh revelation on the new covenant, which emphasizes the finished work of the cross. So we don't need to spend our lives trying to be good enough. Because in Christ Jesus, we already are. His righteousness is ours. And if we're already right with God, and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, i.e. the Holy Spirit, lives in us, then we are equipped, we are anointed to walk in the same level of anointing and authority that Jesus walked yeah, in. You can lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. You can speak to mountains and they will be removed. The spiritual realm is activated by faith. <laughs> and God wants to remind you of some things today. He wants to stir up and fan into flame some gifts today in this place. You were created to be thermostats, not thermometers. Your mission isn't simply to tell people what the temperature is. Oh, isn't the world so full of doom and gloom? It's to partner with the Holy Spirit. It's to change the temperature. Yeah. If things are rubbish around about you, praise God because he's made you to be a thermostat. Praise God because living water flows from you. Praise God because when darkness and light collide, what happens? The darkness has to flee. So within just three decades, all this revelation was released to the body of Christ. And when you stand back and you look at it, it's flipping amazing, isn't it? Can you imagine a great crowd of witnesses in the angelic realm just watching all this? He's given me even more. What is so special about this generation of believers? Why has God given this generation so much? Who could possibly stand against them? Who could possibly stop them? Then what happened? Another drum roll. Covid struck. Oh man. And suddenly we had lockdowns and isolations and social distancing and many things just screeched to a halt. And for months the churches were closed. We weren't even allowed to meet up with friends and family or others for fellowship. And many of us found ourselves during that time going through a strange wilderness. Just being honest. Any of us did. And this unknown, unpleasant place with no obvious end in sight, with many of the things that we were used to escaping to were just gone. 
One day we were free to do everything, and the next day we were. And different people have been affected by this in different ways. Some people found themselves feeling very low. Others felt isolated and alone. Some had to fight, constantly fight, waves of discouragement and disappointment. Others found themselves battling doubt, disillusionment, because their dreams and their prophecies seemed to be put on the back burner. Others had to battle feelings of grief and loss. Those that liked being busy had to sit still, and that felt really uncomfortable. Some had no energy. It was like their get up and go just got up and gone. And sadly, some people also just felt like giving up. Just getting out of bed felt like a real effort, or meeting people or making a phone call felt like a step too far. So, what's God got to say about all this? What is the bigger picture? What's God doing? And what does this season look like from heaven's perspective? Good questions. Answers on a postcard. You know. Before I go on, I need to be clear, God did not bring COVID. And he did not bring all the negative things that came from it. I guess you know that good things come from God, bad things come from Yeah. Or Satan, same guy. Yeah. But God will, use, God will use everything that's thrown at us, everything that's thrown at you, everything that's thrown at me, every difficulty we have to walk through, and he will bring something good, something amazing, something life-giving out of it. So what is he doing in this crazy season? Well, when I ask God that question, instead of answering it, he asked me a question. (laughs) And he asked me, Barbara, when you need to go on a journey somewhere, what do you do? And I thought for a moment, and I said, well, I would prepare for it. I'd pack whatever I needed to pack. And I'd get things ready, and if I needed a ticket, I'd buy one. If I needed to check the car was fit for the journey, I'd call Colin. <laughs> if I needed a map or something to eat or drink, I'd make sure I'd pack them. If I was speaking, I'd get my notes, etc. And it goes without saying that I'd make sure I'd be in for the loo before I left the house. I'd get ready. I'd prepare for the journey. And God said to me, just as you would prepare for your journey, I have prepared my body for this journey and suddenly the penny dropped and I realized that by releasing so much revelation in the 30 years prior to COVID and lockdown and wars and all sorts God was preparing his body for the season for this season and for the one to come God is not surprised by what's happened over the past couple of years. He knew it was coming. There was never any panic in heaven over COVID. There's no panic today over the things that are happening with Russia or Ukraine. There's no panic in heaven over the state of the economy, the stock market or anything else. God knew this season was going to come. And so in the years leading up to it, what did he do? He prepared us for the journey. Firstly, by restoring the gift of prophecy. Why? So that we could use his unfulfilled promises and prophecies to hold on to. So that we would know how to get his guidance to help us with the decisions that we have to make. To help us navigate through dark times. Secondly, by restoring the gift of healing. So that we would not be afraid of sickness and disease. But instead be able to pray for faith for healing. God has ordained, God has ordained the days of our life. Mine and yours. He chose the day we'd be born, and he's chosen the day that we'd be promoted 
to glory. And if there are still things for us to do, then that's it. End of story. Better than an insurance policy. It's not complicated. God has ordained for days. Thirdly, he gave us a revelation in the Father's heart. Why? Because he wants each one of us to ditch religion. Develop intimacy with him. Religion won't bring any comfort in this season or the one to come. But knowing him, walking with God, knowing his love, knowing his comfort, snuggling into him when we need to, that brings all the comfort in the world. And then he gave us fresh revelation on a new covenant, a covenant that removes the shackles of religion, brings us into that place of freedom and grace and power. And you know, from heaven's perspective, this whole season is not about COVID, it's not about wars, it's not about recessions or anything else. This season, from heaven's perspective, is a wake-up call to the body of Christ to stand up and remember who they actually are and who their God actually is. So the days that we live in are very strategic. And that's why the enemy has jumped all over it. It's why he's gone all out to try to get us to forget who we are and who our God is. And that's why at times this season has felt so heavy. That's why at times it's felt hopeless or overwhelming. Because the Satan and his minions have had years of practice of doing all this stuff. But our Heavenly Dad knew that the season was coming and he has given us everything we need to navigate through it. He's given you everything you need to stand against any assignment and scheme. He's given you everything you need to move forward into your destiny. He's given you everything you need to take back anything that's been stolen. Amen? Amen. But there's something we need to do to see that victory in our lives. Do you want to know what it is? We need to unpack and use the things he's given us for the journey. We need to remember the revelation he's given us. We need to fan into flame the gifts he's given us. We need to connect with the family he's placed us around. And we need to snuggle in closer to him. Have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? <laughs> At the beginning of the trilogy, Kate Blanchett says, as she sets the scene and she uses the phrase, and some things that should not have been forgotten were lost. In other words, Things that should not have been forgotten were forgotten. And today, the Spirit of God is saying, some things that should not have been forgotten have been forgotten. And it's time to start unforgetting stuff. Yeah. I don't know if that's good grammatically, <laughs> but it's time to start unforgetting stuff. It's time to pursue intimacy. It's time to know that you are who God says you are. And who does God say that you are? The Holy Spirit anointed son or daughter of the living God. Who does God say you are? Someone who has been set free from every shackle, every hindrance. Who does God say that you are? You are seated with Christ Jesus in the heavenly realm. Who does God say that you are? Someone from whom rivers of living water can flow. So if God sends you to a dry place, you can partner with his spirit and you can release those rivers that will bring life and healing. Amen? Amen. So whenever God sends you, whenever you find, oh, this looks like a horrible day, praise God, because the darkness and light collides, what has to happen? Darkness has to flee. If God sends you to a dry place, what do you say? 
Hallelujah! There's no river here! I get to release one. Come on, Holy Spirit, let's do this together. Amen? Amen. Come on, it's time to unforget some stuff. Huh. Need to remember the unfulfilled prophetic words and promises that God's given you, both for hope here as a church and also for you as individuals. Grab hold of them, look them out, blow the dust off them. You need to unforget that you are gifted. But let's just say this I am gifted. I am gifted. I am anointed. I am anointed. I am a Holy Spirit on fire, releaser of the kingdom. I'm a Holy Spirit, all fire, releaser of the kingdom. No weapon forced against me could possibly ever prosper. No weapon forced against me could possibly ever prosper. <laughs> and if you've got a Goliath in your life, why don't you just say, Goliath, you're going down, son. Goliath, you're going down, son. Amen. It's time to, to start unforgetting the stuff that God has given you. Second Chronicles 20 Verse 22 says, as we worship him, guess what God does? He lays ambushes for our enemies. Is that not cool? Yeah. <laughs> as we worship him, he lays ambushes for depression. He lays ambushes for discouragement, sickness, loneliness, disappointment, feelings of grief and loss. Sounds like a good deal, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we get to spend time in his awesome presence. And he lays ambushes for our enemies. So let us unforget our need to be intimate with him. You're all looking a bit puzzled. Remember to be intimate with God. Okay, is that easier? Right. <laughs> yeah, and when you pray in his name, remember that the weight and the authority of heaven back you up. When I was in whoops, I said I'd be preaching my wee heart out. And they'd be sitting there shaking their heads and holding their hands on and God, what am I doing here? Not making any difference, nothing is happening here. Uh-uh. Oh. Holy Spirit was taking seats and he was releasing them into their hearts, into their souls. He was beginning to, to bring life where there was no life. He was beginning to you know, have rivers where there was no river. And it's the same with you. If you're facing a tough time and you've been trying your best, you think, oh, nothing's happening. Rubbish, uh -uh, wrong, because you are powerful and you are effective and you have, you know, the words that you release carry life. The words that you release carry breakthrough. It might just not happen right away, but don't give up. Amen? Some of us need to get blinking stubborn and waiting. Never. To give up. Never give up. Don't give up. God has not finished with you. While there is breath in your body, there is an unfulfilled destiny over your life. He is not finished with you by a long shot. Amen? Cool. So <laughs> we're at, but that's all right. And finally, we need to unforget to fan into flame the gifts the Holy Spirit has for us. So that we can take back that which was stolen. So that we can release life and hope and encouragement into others. I think it was Bill Johnson that said that God searched the corridors of eternity before deciding that you should be alive right now. God searched the corridors of eternity before deciding that you should be alive right now. Right in this post-COVID time. And I'll tell you, the little outreaches that we've done, they've been tiny. 
But boy, did the people who've come be hungry. Boy, is there a hunger in your boys and a dryness there. Will you want to see this, this nation on fire? Then it starts with us. It starts with saying, God, I, I want to be <laughs> that fire dragging from you again. Just help me, God. Fire into flame. Help me fan that into flame. The gifts that you've given me. Holy Spirit, let your fire fall in me, through me, over me, overwhelm me. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Anyone here want to be fresh with commission? Yeah. Anyone here want a fresh anointing? Yeah. Anyone here want to walk out here and burn up the street? <laughs> How do you stand to your feet if you do? I won't nip you and twist your arm if you don't. But if you're hungry for more, oh, and I'm just going to close my eyes. <laughs> Father, thank you. Did <laughs> you let me? You let me come here and get me Sunday amongst these precious, precious brothers and sisters. Father, I thank you for the family of Hope Church. I thank you for these people that you have called together for such a time as this. Thank you that you have given them everything that they need for their journey individually and everything that they need for their journey as a church. And right now, Holy Spirit, <laughs> we just say, will you fall afresh upon us right here, right now, right in this place, Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. We ask that you would increase the flow of your river right here, right now. Father, if it's ankle deep, take it up to knee deep, take it up to waist, take it up to shoulders, take it up to over our heads, Father, so that we are just being carried along by your river. Right here, Holy Spirit, we invite you to fill us. We invite you to, to put a fresh fire in our bellies. Holy Spirit, we, we welcome your revelation. Give a fresh revelation here this morning of what it means to be a son of the living God, of what it means to be a daughter of the living God. Father, I want to right now in Jesus' name and just break off any lies that people have been believing that would make them less than who you say they are. I just speak freedom over every life right now in this place. Where there's been apathy, go now in Jesus' name. Where there's been holding back, be free in Jesus' name. Right now. Holy Spirit, more, even more, even more. Right now, just fill them right up to overflow. Fill them right up for to overflow right here, right now, in Jesus' name. Go, fresh commission, fresh fire, God, right here now. Right here now. Right here, right here, right here. Even more, God, even more. Even more. Just breathe them in. <laughs> And as you breathe out any doubts, any fears, just let them go. Just receive them right now. Receive even more right now. God searched the corridors of eternity before, deciding that you should be right here for such a time as this. You are a fire carrier of the living God. You are a releaser of his life. You are a releaser of his hope. You are a releaser of his healing. Multitudes will be in heaven because of your life. Impossible walls are going to be demolished. 
as you speak to them and tell them to go right now. In Jesus' name. So Holy Spirit, we just ask right here, right now, in a fresh baptism. In your Holy Spirit. A fresh baptism, an overwhelming, burning, intensifying baptism of your Holy Spirit in, in, in us and in this place. In Jesus' name.